Welcome to another episode of Season 2, Pages Lessons. If you identify as someone who is ambitious, goal-driven, and a badass, you've come to the right place. This mini-series is specifically dedicated toward helping you create your dream life. As a life coach, I made it my life's work to help goal-getters like you overcome any obstacle as it relates to going after what you really want and making an impact along the way. As this season is titled Pillars of Creating Your Dream Life, every episode will break down a specific category of your life. No matter what, by the time you finish listening to every episode, you will walk away with at least one thing to work on, whether that's a journal prompt, an activity, a meditation, something relevant for you as it relates to assessing all the areas of your life to build the life of your dreams. Make sure to listen to all the episodes as each pillar matters and bleeds into one another. Hey, what's up everyone? This is Paige Mitchell. I'm so grateful you tuned in for today's guest, Roxanne Sardone. Roxanne is a registered dietitian and certified eating disorder specialist and supervisor. She practices from health at every size and non-diet approach with a focus on food that feels good, adds value to your life, and nourishes you in all ways. Roxanne offers down-to-earth, sustainable, and individual interventions to help people truly live a healthy life. I wanted to bring Roxanne as a guest because you cannot live your dream life if you're not properly fueling your body with energy and having really a healthy relationship with food. We need to understand how important your relationship with food can affect not only your performance and your physical health, but also how much food really bleeds into your mental health and mindset so that you can live your best life without being stressed about it. It was really important for me to bring an expert in this field, specifically a registered dietitian to this episode. And when I worked at an eating disorder treatment center, which is where I worked closely with Roxanne, the patients at the hospital were assigned their own psychiatrist, therapist, and dietitian. So when I worked there, I learned so much about not only eating disorders, but just how much food plays a factor in our everyday life that I took for granted, honestly. And it's not just our day-to-day when we eat, but think about how much food is incorporated in our social life, our travel, the rules and beliefs we have associated with food, our cultures, and even just our conversations that we have with our friends. Food is a very hot topic, so in this episode, Roxanne breaks down how to make sure you're eating enough to physically fuel your body, if there's any perfectionism that comes up in your diet, how to handle that, and we also get into if you're creating a new routine or work schedule, how to overcome any challenges and adapt to your new lifestyle. I know you will walk away with a lot of insight after hearing this episode because your nutrition matters. Let's get right into it. Hi, Roxanne. How are you? Hi, Paige. I'm doing well. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for being here and saying yes to being a guest on the show. I've been thinking about how long we've known each other. And for those of you listening, Roxanne and I worked at an eating disorder hospital. And if I could do the math right, in theory, we've known each other. What is that? Eight years? Maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least eight years. Oh a long time. God. That's so long. I can't believe it. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So I know Roxanne has a lot of expertise, and I'm just really grateful you came on today because my clients really 
value different expertise on all of these different pillars of the season, right? Whether that's career, um, money, physical fitness, all these things, right? And I just best practices, I thought it was really valuable to bring on a dietitian, someone that went to school, has, you know, the real concrete evidence of what you've seen and working with clients that you can spit facts because a lot of people just say they're like, you know, food specialists and things like that. But like, I don't know enough about that world. And so I was thinking of, you know, I have worked with RDs before in my professional work, so I had to bring you on. And so I'm just so grateful that you are on here and helping educate um, more people on this topic. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad to hear you recognize that. Um, I think the role of the registered dietitian is important in people's health. And you're right, there's a lot of misinformation out there or information that maybe works for one person, but isn't actually like applicable to everyone. So you need to be careful about kind of where you're getting um, those tidbits from. Absolutely. Yep. So if this is your first time listening to this episode, um, this pillar, we're going to get into nutrition. So every episode of this season talks about a pillar of your dream life. And I really wanted to talk about nutrition because if we're going out there building our dreams, creating new goals for ourselves, we really need to think about what is the relationship I have with food. Of course, mental health and physical health is going to be components of this, but how are we going to fuel ourselves? How are we going to get strength back so that we can focus on what we want? So before we dive into that, tell the listeners, Roxanne, a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, let's see. I am a registered dietitian. I'm coming to you today from my office in Littleton, Colorado, uh, which is just outside of Denver. And I'm really happy to be here today. I have been doing a ton of traveling this summer and I was finally home for a weekend and it just feels really good <laughs> to be home and to be kind of back in my normal life for at least a short amount of time. So I'm really glad to be here today doing something that is a little out of the ordinary for me, but also in a way that feels really comfortable. Beautiful. I love that. Well, one question I like to ask my um, guests is what was one dream you had growing up as a kid? Ooh, that's a great question, Paige. Um, I always wanted to travel growing up. And I know that's a, probably a really common one. I came from a family where um, my parents really emphasized like traveling. We did a lot of road trips around the U.S. And um, my dad had traveled all over the world as a, a younger person, so had lots of stories. Um, so to me, that was always something that felt really important and like a marker of my life and um, has, has happened in some ways and has scaled back in some ways too. But um, yeah, that was a big one. That's awesome. And so now that you're older and you just said you got back from traveling. <laughs> so your little kid self is like, yay, Roxanne, you're doing the things. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's actually a, that's a really good connection there. Um, it does feel good, even when it feels like exhausting as it can be, right? Like trying to fit in work around things or spending time outside of your own house. It still feels like something that's important to me, whether it's seeing new places or revisiting places that are special to me. I got to spend a lot of time with family in South Florida this summer. Um, even small things like that, I find really rejuvenating, um, even when they're tiring at the same time. Yes, I love that. So cool. So um, tell me a little bit more about why 
you, I mean, you don't need to give the full story of like how you got into your job, but maybe tell me more about why are you passionate about nutrition? Um, I, so yeah, I'm passionate about nutrition because it's something that impacts every single one of us, right? We all eat every day, hopefully, um, we need it to sustain life and, um, it impacts so many different areas of our life. Um, so we're talking about, of course, your physical, like nutrition needs, um, that's going to impact every function and system in your body. And it touches on all of these other areas of our life too, like, um, your family, your traditions, um, your exploration, your social life, all of these things are impacted by food in one way or another. And so I find when I'm talking with clients about this, it's not just about like, you know, what are you eating to strictly fuel your body? Because if that was the case, we could eat the same like, you know, meals every single day. But like, how is that food enriching your life? What is it adding or where are their challenges showing up? Um, and knowing that by digging into those things, we can really make a difference in your life. Like it, it, it could, because it impacts so many different areas. That's such a great answer because it's just like summarizing. We have so much diversity and you like you said, we all experience food and have a relationship with food. So what there's so many different ways you can you can work around food. There's so many different areas and topics and you can go really any kind of way. So it sounds like you have a lot of um, dynamic language to use and you can work with different clients. We we all have different needs with food. So it sounds like all-encompassing, just a lot of variety, which is really cool. Right. It is. Uh, primarily the clients that I work with are people who are experiencing some level of disordered eating, whether that is just being kind of, you know, um, involved in diet culture or having a diagnosed eating disorder um, and kind of the full range that that entails. Um, And even still, we can touch on all of those different aspects of their life at different times in their journey with food. So it, it, it does, it keeps things diverse. And my goal is really to help people improve that relationship to be able to like enjoy their life without food being this major concern and then rather being a source of like, comfort and enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of you separated into categories, sort of like you said, culturally, and then you said social eating, and then there's like celebrate celebration eating. Tell me more about these different categories. I'm curious about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. think about all of the different ways that food show up in kind of a day or a month or a year of your life. There are things like, you know, functional eating. What do I eat for breakfast in the morning so that I have the energy to get through the day? Then there are things like social eating. You know, what do I do on the weekends to spend time with my friends? Maybe I am going to brunch or um, we're getting together with people we haven't seen for a while and going out to dinner. Um, there's celebratory eating where you think about like, how do you, how do you celebrate someone's birthday or a wedding? It usually involves cake and maybe a meal um, or a glass of champagne. Um, all of these things that involve food, there's um, like traditions and ceremonial eating, right? In a lot of um, religions or cultures where, where food can hold a very specific role in a um, ceremony that takes place. So it, it's really about so much more than just, you know, one one meal that you eat in a day or one food that you choose to eat. I love that. I've never really thought of it that way. 
um, in terms of breaking it into different categories by events and time. I think it's easy to just be like, well, food is food. There it is. I don't know. At least that's my brain because I'm not thinking about it all the time. Right. Um, So I love that way to just be more self-reflective. What are the like either go-to meals I usually go with, with certain events and things and just kind of having a better understanding of like why you're making those choices. And at least for me, I am guilty of getting in the trap of like judgment. Like this is good food. This is bad food. So, and it doesn't happen all the time. Um, but there's still like these triggers sometimes. So like, what would you say to someone who might have an idea of like good food versus bad food? Like what, what tips would you have to remove that? And like, what could they replace that uh, language with? Mm -hmm. So first of all, you're not alone in having those thoughts. I hear that all the time with people and I'm guilty of that too sometimes, right? We, We can fall into that, but ultimately food doesn't have morality, right? Food is not inherently good or bad. It is something that, um, you know, contains calories, which are a source of energy. It contains carbohydrates or proteins or fats, which are macronutrients. There is no other um, moral basis in food. And so first thinking about like, where, where did this belief come from? Where did I hear this? Is it from my family? Is it from um, social media, culture, a health class I took, and, and really trying to dig into that. And that might be something that um, you can do with a nutrition professional as well, if you're having a hard time untangling those thoughts, but even just being curious around where those thoughts come from is a good way. Um, and then thinking about the food more in terms of like, well, how does this serve me, right? I might not think of this as the most like typically physically healthy food um, with that traditional lens, but, you know, does it make me feel good? Like, am I feeling good emotionally when I eat this? Am I feeling uh, cared for? Am I feeling nostalgic? Do I enjoy it? And does that add value to my life? Um, so thinking about those other things that it can bring in. Um, similarly, something can be really like traditionally healthy, quote unquote, but if you don't like it, you don't need to force yourself to eat it. Like there's too many other foods out there and options that you don't need to, to push that. And so the first step, or really it's such an ongoing step in this journey is awareness of yourself, like tuning in and taking a little bit more like, um, just a personal look at, at your thoughts and food and your reactions to the foods you're eating rather than what you think are like the shoulds or should not that come from external sources. I love that answer. Thank you for breaking that down and validating that we all are guilty of putting a label on a food and yes, um, being curious. And then I'm also, I love that you said we have options. So remembering Mm -hmm. there is an abundance of food. There's abundance of food that you have not even tried. You don't even know exists yet that you will love. And I think like something like travel, right? When you explore new countries and things like that, and you never heard of these dishes and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And just as you grow older, your palate changes. So I do like to be that optimist of like, even if there's something I don't really like right now, A, I'm not going to force myself to eat it. And B, 
there's other options and maybe I'll like it later, but right now it's not really serving me. So that kind of segues into, you know, if we're addressing like foods we like, foods we don't like, how would someone know that they're actually eating enough to physically fuel their body? You know, how would, what are some examples or, you know, how do we really, cause I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think the, the normal person on the street doesn't know the calculations and, you know, your macros and all that stuff. So like, how would one know that they're eating enough physically to fuel them? I love Paige that you phrase that as like, how do you know you're eating enough and, and not the opposite, which is so often people's concern, you know, I'm eating too much because in my experience with talking with people, all the people I talk to about their diets, it's usually a matter of saying like, oh, you might need more food to really fuel you. And it's, you know, kind of about how you maybe spread it out during the day so that it feels good. But really thinking about that, am I restricting myself in a way that is actually not fueling me through the day? And ways that you know that either way, right, whether you're eating enough, eating too much, if you're in the middle, um, one would be, do you have energy to get through the day? Food ultimately is a source of energy. Calories simply are a source of energy. So if you are kind of dragging throughout the day or you have periods of time where you are unable to focus or think clearly, you know, yourself getting kind of foggy headed or cranky, it could be a sign that you're not getting enough to eat or you're not getting enough like um, certain types of foods like carbohydrates, for example. Um, so one is just energy overall throughout the day. Um, there are also biomarkers of health. So these are things like um, your lab values, uh, your vital signs, like blood pressure or heart rate, um, things you get kind of checked up at a normal physical at your doctor's office. Those can be indicators of, of nutrition as well, um, as well as um, absence or presence of injuries. Can you do the things you want to do um, in your life, right? Activities that you enjoy, or are you constantly being plagued by injuries? That could be a sign that you're not fueling yourself well enough to do those activities. Um, those are some of the kind of physical markers. And then lastly, I would say, um, are you kind of obsessing about food all the time from a mental perspective? Um, are you able to go about your day without worrying too much about what you're eating? Or do you find yourself agonizing over decisions, um, stressing about events or eating times? Those might be indicators that whether you're eating enough or not, your relationship with food probably isn't the healthiest. Yeah, that's really important to think about is that mindset piece and how much are you spending your time? Like if there's a pie chart, is it like 80% of the day you're thinking about food? No matter what that is, that could be, oh my God, it was so amazing, that cake. And you can't stop thinking about <laughs> how amazing that wedding cake was to something else that's maybe more drastic and um, maybe harmful or whatever. Um, and, uh, and in the show notes as well, just while we're on that topic, I'm going to provide some links for, um, disordered eating and things like some resources for you guys. But anyways, um, yeah, I think what you're talking about with fueling ourselves and is it enough? And I mean, because you, if you're listening and you are not a health, uh, you know, expert, I would definitely reach out to a professional just to check in, just to see if you're on that track. Um, because 
we don't really know like what's quote unquote normal and everyone's body's different. Everyone has different hunger cues and things like that. So I would say there's really no harm in reaching out to professional um, just to like check and, but also, and I, I would imagine, right. Like if some, if I write down um, maybe just even track my own food and track, you know, maybe how often I'm thinking about food or something like that. And I bring that to like someone like you, Roxanne, like a dietitian or someone like, wouldn't that be helpful information for them to know of just like, you can just have a conversation on this, on this piece of, you know, information. Totally. Yeah. I think that's where that self-reflection piece or self-awareness can begin. Um, it's just like observing how, you know, how you feel and, and kind of how you're eating um, maybe varies during the day. Um, the one caveat I would put there is don't start recording your food if it's not helpful for you, if tracking your food increases anxiety or obsession around it or um, increases judgment around your eating patterns. So I tell people before they come to meet with me, like, you know, you can, if you want, I'm going to ask you about your eating habits during the day. If it's better for you just to recall in the moment, that's also all right. And then we'll come up together with some like maybe healthy tracking strategies. Um, if that's, you know, if we find that it's going to be useful information to gain. Oh, I love that. Thank you for putting that in there. Cause you're right. People can be really obsessive about it. <laughs> uh, Paige, um, that's probably maybe not helpful. So I love that. Thank you for putting that in. Um, so thinking about your dream life and the clients that I work with, when they come to me, it really runs the gamut of like what they want to do um, on the career spectrum, relationships. Um, you know, they want to travel the world or maybe live a life on the road or they want to do a profession that they've never done or just a different work schedule. And so I'm curious about your, your advice or what would, what would someone need to consider with someone that is going to jump in a new situation and a new really lifestyle and identity and, and the impact of food? Like, what do we need to think about as we're basically turning into and becoming this higher version of ourselves that's going to be different than what we're currently doing? How does food play a part in that? So one, I want you to have the energy to live your dream life. To do these things, you do have to be physically fueled. You know, you have to have enough calories in the day, um, enough mix of nutrients in order to be able to show up and have the, the energy and the focus to do whatever the thing is that you want to do. Um, when we think about something like traveling, I talk to people about this all the time and actually just <laughs> spoke with a client today around how difficult it is to eat on a normal schedule when you're traveling or um, especially those travel days themselves, like in different airports or different modes of travel, different foods around you. Um, if your relationship with food is, is not great, that's going to be exacerbated when your schedule is off. So that goes for travel days, goes for people who work maybe different shifts, um, night shifts, or, you know, varying lengths of time that you're on the job or doing something. Um, you know, you, you want to be able to make sure that you can eat and eat what's around you without, um, again, having to give it a whole lot of thought or to be able to think through it and plan it without it creating a lot of extra stress. If your goal is, um, a career that might involve, um, I don't know, going out for a lunch interview, or if it's a relationship goal that might involve going on dates that have food. There's all sorts of things where, again, food shows up. And if you um, 
are able to have flexibility around food to fuel yourself well um, and to enjoy the variety that comes with each of these experiences, they're just going to be so much richer for you. Beautiful. So moral of the story, folks, is flexibility and honoring that am I really getting enough energy to enjoy the things I want to do? If I have zero energy, I'm not going to be very productive. I'm not going to be a very good person to be around. I'm going to be hangry. No one wants to be around that. So, I mean, food is absolutely important. And then having that flexibility, that openness to try new things so that you can adapt as best as possible is kind of what I was hearing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, a couple more questions that came up for me when you were talking about that and kind of going back to even that comment earlier about like obsessing over food or, um, you know, sometimes I get clients who share with me just, they're very, very analytical of themselves. Maybe they identify as a perfectionist or some imposter syndromes going on. Um, they just really want this thing to work or they want it to be right. And so, when you have worked with, um, you know, clients like that or patients like that, that struggle with perfectionism, how does that factor, um, as an obstacle when we're thinking about food and and fueling ourselves? So, um, both the, the good news and the bad news with that is that there is no perfect diet. Um, so, we can, uh, you know, breathe a sigh of relief that we're not, you know, we don't have to live up to any one expectation, but also that's hard to let go of that idea that like, surely there's something out there. If I could just find the right diet, everything would fall into place. Or if my body just looked a certain way, um, things would be so much easier for me. And um, I think that a reminder that like, there is no one perfect diet, that, that the best way that you can meet your body's needs and Um, kind of show up in your life is to figure out what works for you. Um, You are your own expert. You know yourself best. And that um, process of becoming attuned with your body, you know, gaining awareness around what foods work for you, what feels good, what sort of meal schedule works for you, that is going to bring you the most success um, rather than looking to external sources for it. That's great advice. The no perfect diet. I mean, just what a perfectionist needs to hear, right? They're just like, like, really, Paige? Duh. It's like they know that and still they just want, they just want all the answers, right? I mean, in an ideal world, sure. But that'd be missing out on so many options, so many amazing foods out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. And so just going back to tuning into your body and um, making sure you're in alignment. I mean, that's really with all these pillars is, are you aligned? Are you feeling fulfilled? Are you having that self-reflection? Is this really working for you? So just again, being curious on this relationship with food. Um, So for those that are listening, I would usually what I like to do on these episodes as I bring an expert is after they listen to the episode to go do something about it, right? Like now that we know all of this about nutrition and how this will impact creating our dream life, what could be some things that the listeners could do after listening to this episode? What would you suggest? 
Mm -hmm. So um, I would recommend that everyone take some time and practice some mindfulness around eating. Um, and you can do this for a day. You can do this right now for like the next meal you're going to have. Um, whatever time um, window feels appropriate and doable for you. But one thing to do with the mindfulness is be observant of times that you get maybe anxious around making food decisions or you notice shame come up around food decisions or there's thoughts around like what you should or should not be eating as opposed to what you truly want, whether that's mentally or physically. So just notice those. You can even like jot them down somewhere. Um, just to again, begin to gain awareness of like, oh, these are rules that have come from somewhere. Um, so that's one, just be observant of those rules and where they show up in your life. Um, the second one is beginning to notice and maybe even rating hunger and fullness. Um, this will give you some insight into how you're fueling yourself during the day. Hunger and fullness are sensations that are not an on and off switch. They exist on a spectrum. So there's different ways you can do this, but an easy way would be, you know, before a meal, rate your hunger as like a one to five. And then after a meal, rate your fullness as a one to five. And, and notice how that varies during the day or with different foods. Are you, you know, always super duper hungry before a meal? Are you always, you know, totally full after a meal? Do you fall somewhere in between? Just beginning to put a little bit of, um, kind of language to your experience. I am going to do that immediately because <laughs> I already know myself and full transparency. Like I really struggle with cooking. I have a negative relationship with cooking because I wait to be like, there's perfectionism in there. I tell everyone I'm a recovering perfectionist. Okay. But I wait until like, like I'm cooking and like, I'm trying to like make everything great, but I'm already starving by this point while I'm cooking. So I'm actually just really angry by the time the dish is done. And then it's not like, you know, great standards. So, um, no, that's really helpful. Cause I have that pattern of like waiting till I'm like starving before I eat something. And then, and then that's an issue too, because then, then I like immediately go to like maybe a not healthy option, but it, because it's easily accessible because I'm starving, you know what I mean? So I love that rating system, that scaling of your hunger. And then you said fullness. And that also just kind of reminded me of the, I guess, mm, cultural story that you have to finish your plate and uh, serving sizes and things like that. We won't get into that, but it just kind of reminded me of like being full and what we think we're supposed to quote unquote finish our plate. Or when you go to a restaurant, there's different portions everywhere. Um, so I don't know your feedback on that of like, when you, when you're rating fullness, are there some like questions to think about before you give yourself a number? Well, I think first of all, there's no like right or wrong place to be on that scale. There are times when we maybe want to be fuller and, you know, if we know it's going to be a while before the next meal or something just tastes really good and we want to eat it all. And so we can own that and say like, today I'm going to be uncomfortably full because I loved what I was eating. Um, or, you know, I know that I have another snack or meal coming up really soon. So this is really just to tide me over, like maybe for you, Paige, when you're getting ready to make dinner and first you have a snack and, you know, you don't want to be super full after that. You still have dinner to come. Um, so first of all, like no judgment, there's no right or wrong place. You're just kind of beginning to notice patterns with yourself. Um, and then like you were saying, like 
portion sizes vary. There's not, again, like I can't tell you always eat half your plate or always eat all of your plate because it's going to vary so much based on your needs in the moment, the amount of food that's being served, what the foods are. Um, so practice noticing those things. How can, how do I feel in my body? What, what am I noticing in terms of like, am I still thinking about food? Is my stomach still growling? How do my pants feel on my body? Um, do I want a couple more bites to feel satisfied? And that will be enough. Those are kind of different um, clues you can use to, to help you rate that scale. But remember, this is just for you. There's no right or wrong place. So don't get hung up on like, oh my gosh, am I a three or a four? Pick a number, move on, and then you'll continue to refine that. Yes. I love that. Move on people. Don't <laughs> fixate on it. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much. Is there any lasting words or anything else before we wrap up that you want to share? Gosh, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything major. I just appreciate you having me on here Paige, to talk about this. I love that you've considered nutrition as one of the important pillars. I definitely believe so. Um, and I hope your listeners have, you know, can take away from this too, just how much it is important. And, you know, it's such a huge part of their lives. And if they don't feel like they have a great relationship with food, there are ways to work on that. And I just, I hope you guys know, like food should be an enjoyable and rewarding and fulfilling part of your life, not a, a stressful, punishing piece. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a guest and um, yeah, just giving that, that words of wisdom and expertise, because you're right. Food is meant to be enjoyed and it's, you know, with being in the U S I think we, as a culture have had certain rules and messages on what food is, but then when you like travel, at least for me, when I travel to Europe, food is everything. And it's just so like relaxed. It's just a different vibe. So if we can just embrace that food, yes, it's meant to fuel our bodies and be energy, but it can also be enjoyable. Just thank you so much for for wrapping that up and, um, and sharing all of your, all of your wisdom today. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Well, thank you so much. And remember everyone, you can create the life of your dreams. Make sure to check out all the other pillars, um, from this season, anything from career relationships, spirituality, we've got you all covered. Thanks again, Roxanne. And until next time, take care. And now a quick break from our sponsor. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Subscribing and posting a review helps to improve engagement and is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Thanks again for listening. And remember, every day provides a lesson. Take care.